Hello, beautiful humans. This is the sixth episode of Safe House. Thank you so much if you listened to all the episodes so far. This episode is with my soulmate, one of my best friends from university, Miss Catherine Brown. She will be introduced later on, but initially I wanted to let you know a little bit about her. She does poetry. She's an absolute talent in it as well. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, welcome to Safe House. Welcome to Safe House. I'm so excited to be here. Maybe if I'd never been cheated on, I would never have such a big inspiration to write. Here's your gay card. Don't lose it. I hate labels. When I told my friends at uni, they literally could not have cared less. We're jumping into this volcano together, so it'll be fine. <laughs> the mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Okay. Are we ready to start? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all sorted. All ready to go. Well, welcome to Safe House. How are we? I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this has been so long in the making. Oh my god. It's been, especially for me, it's been bloody months. It's finally here. (laughs) Today in the Safe House studio, I have Miss Catherine Catherine Brown. <laughs> oh, the French accent and everything. I have to start off as I mean to go on. Come on. Bonjour, mon amour. Oh, come on. Come on, give me more. <laughs> I'm on the spot now. Inter- go on. You can introduce yourself in French now. Bonjour tout le monde. Je m'appelle Kate. Je suis la meilleure copine de Dan. Um, I'm nervous now. I'm getting like stage fright. <laughs> Period. Okay, okay. It's fine. It's fine. I'll carry on. <laughs> I am so glad that I've managed to pin you down. Obviously, like, metaphorically, <laughs> pin you down. Ready to talk through this episode of Safe House. I explained to all my guests, Safe House is obviously a place where you can talk comfortably and without any judgment um, about whatever you feel like. You can bring up anything you want. I'll kind of guide the conversation, but we can delve into the deepest depths of our minds. That's why we're here. Amazing. Um, so, have you been... Oh, it's been a roller coaster, you know, an absolute roller coaster of emotions. Uh-huh. The first lockdown, raring to go, baking, like mm-hmm. trying to better myself. The second lockdown, I was like, okay, we can do this. Let's just survive. Mm-hmm. The third lockdown, I just like. <laughs> it's a completely different ball game. Oh my God. It is a different ball game. Yeah. I'm just absolutely fed up now, but. Absolutely. I mean, the only reason I'm fed up is because I miss all of my friends so much. I just miss you so much. It's been a whole year. Yeah, I miss you too. I miss you too. Hopefully, this is this is the idea of this is to bring everyone a little bit closer together. And I know it's not it's not the most ideal situation ever, but um, it is what it is. This is all we have, so we'll we'll go with it. Now I know that you didn't do any exams because we've both had to take a little bit of a year off. Um, I did explain in one of the earlier episodes that I was supposed to be on my my year abroad this year and Kate's in the exact same situation as me. So what has been keeping you busy since the start of 2021? Oh, that is a good question. So seeing as we both had to defer, I had two options. Mm -hmm. I could spend this year like getting up at midday, watching Netflix, eating super noodles. Which I have done. (laughs) Yeah. On my days off. <laughs> On my days off, literally. Um, yeah. But no, so I got a little job at a local company. Mm-hmm. So I've been working nine to five, Monday to Friday. And it's been mm-hmm. like the kind of first taste of 
corporate life that I've had. Yeah, a little bit of like what we're going to do or maybe not what we want to do, but what is waiting for us after higher education. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a really good insight, actually. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like as much as uh, it's good like experience it's also good experience to know what you might not necessarily want to do yes if that makes sense yeah exactly I was going to go on to ask the 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 benefits of the the year that we've had to take off that was Mm. everyone that I seem to invite on seems to have pre-read my notes even though I've not sent them them (laughs) Um, one of the benefits of us taking our time off and taking this year off is that we can see what we want what we don't want have a little bit of a a tester a bit of a free trial a bit of a dummy run of things that we might do after uni yeah for sure Mm -hmm. for sure it's like I don't know if a nine-to-five is really for me anymore but in the sense of like Mm -hmm. a corporate nine-to-five because I just find it like I don't know about you I feel like we're so sociable and we love meeting new people and like talking and whatever else and I feel like the corporate nature of the jobs that the job that I'm doing at the moment it's just like at least you know that's not what you want to do it's, it's friendly, yeah. good pay, but it, uh, yeah, definitely. It's made me realise mm-hmm. that I need something a bit more from my... Uh, if you're going to be doing something for 40 years, I feel like you really need to find something that you love. Exactly, so. exactly. So obviously yeah. we speak quite a bit, but just explain mm-hmm. a little bit to the listeners what your situation is. Like, what where are you? Obviously, like, you're about to take a year off. Like, are you at home? How is that experience? What's going on? Yeah, so I did have to move back home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh god, 21 years old, moving back in with your parents after two years. I know, but it's something we have to do. Like, c- compared with being at uni and being surrounded by all your friends, what what is that like? What is home life like? What have you mm. noticed or what has been a realisation for you? Has it been good or bad or, like, both? So, honestly, it's going to sound so cliche, but both. Because I think mm-hmm. once you've had your independence at uni, once you've gone two years where all the bills, all the rent, all of, like, the shopping, the food shop is all on your shoulders. And, yeah, and all the freedom, like, all of that independence, you suddenly get given it at 18 when you leave for uni. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you've tasted that and you live on your own terms and you come back to live with your parents, it is difficult. Yeah. It's difficult anyway. Me and and Pei in the second episode Mm -hmm. did touch on this a little bit, is obviously lockdown amplifies that lack of freedom a lot more obviously because you've got the government also implementing these Mm. things that tell you you can't go out but also you're you're living under the thumb of your parents again which yeah it's been a couple Mm. years for some people even longer that they've not had to be at home for but we don't have these foundations set up to live Mm. independently yet and we didn't really have time to establish them before we were put into lockdown but in a way it's been kind of good that we're all in the same boat because i live like my where my parents live it's like a really small town not much going on and so i haven't had like Mm -hmm. any fomo i haven't had any like oh all my friends that can go back to london or go back to leeds or something like that and they have really good city like life and whatever else mm. normally i'd be so like i feel like i was missing out but because of covid oh you'll get absolutely no fomo from me yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly do you know when how awkward it is when people ask you oh like if you bump into someone at the shop and they're like oh what have you been up to and you think uh what do i tell them mm. nothing <laughs> i've been listening to scissor and i've been crying <laughs> <laughs> literally I, I recently started listening to Doja Cat because I know that you love her. Just recently. I know. This thing. TikTok. TikTok put me onto that <sighs> song Streets. Yeah, I can't get that song out of my head. TikTok. I, as soon as I downloaded oh, TikTok, okay. every day I had another song stuck in my head that you just can't get out. You make an interesting point, actually, because what me and my brother 
before he moved out we were talking a little bit because we did the first lockdown we did lockdown one and lockdown two together and then he moved out for lockdown three and what we noticed was that tiktok became this this platform that meant that artists that maybe had a smaller following or a smaller yeah um audience could like launch themselves mm. a lot easier because obviously mm. these videos are going viral and you don't have to have that many followers to launch yourself and it meant that they had this platform mm. where they could promote all their music so quickly and it's the audience that decide what does well and what doesn't like mm. but that's why yeah. i like tiktok so much because i feel like i went from from like four years instagram mm-hmm. was my go-to like my screen time was 80 percent instagram but in the recent recent years with like this whole I feel like there's a different culture on Instagram at the moment where everyone's trying so hard to be perfect at all times uh-huh. whereas you go on TikTok and it's just people having a laugh people singing yeah. you see people that don't have like you said like millions of followers people that are just putting out what they like there's a lot more um, authenticity I think yeah. yeah and you get to see such a wider range of things like you go on instagram you scroll down it's just like 50 pictures of size zero girls who are beautiful in dubai but yeah but literally they are all beautiful but that is exactly the problem <laughs> you won't catch me dead in dubai <laughs> and you know what all those like genre of instagrammers those girls are stunning yeah. and i'm not debating that for one second but i think that's exactly the problem as someone who mm-hmm. spends so much of their time on social media to see constantly like perfect things mm. thousands of pound holiday in dubai and whatever else it's just yeah. like oh you need a break from it sometimes i think yeah you do you do and obviously we spend a lot of our times on our phones at the moment because that's kind of yeah the only access we have to the outside world most of us anyway yeah um i did want to go into how we i don't think we've spoken about how we know each other so <laughs> Going back to 2018 now, three years ago, almost three years ago, two and a half. Um, oh my God. Kate was in one of my very first lectures. So I study Spanish and translation and Kate studies um, French, Spanish and translation. So our lectures kind of overlapped a little bit. Mm-hmm. And from the get go, we just, I don't know what it was. We just knew that there was just a click and there was just a vibe that we were both on. I walked into that lecture and I don't, like, I looked around the room, I saw you and I just sat down next to you straight away. And it is, we've never <laughs> looked back since. Never, never, absolutely not. But one of the things that we we kind of vibe off and we've continued with is, is our, our love for experience and and yeah. and celebrating each other and i feel like when we are at our best is when we're both thriving being creative and celebrating each other mm. like we're so good at this back and forth of like pushing each other to mm. do more and but and... i think it is really rare and special that you find someone that you can just bounce off of yeah and uh when i found that with you i just decided well this is it this mm. man is never getting rid of me oh you're not <laughs> getting rid of me <laughs> you can try there's a pill for that <laughs> i just i i can't remember a university experience when we weren't friends it was just it was almost immediate wasn't it which i i've not had very often so no yeah no neither 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 so talking about our 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 creative outlets let's talk about why you're here above all else so you have recently taken to expressing your love for poetry and you've been putting your musings and your feelings on paper in the Mm. form of these poems tell everyone like it feels like like show and tell tell everyone (laughs) what kind of stuff you write about okay so i know i know it's quite broad it's quite a broad question but try and 
get it in a bit of a nutshell and then we can delve into it a little bit more so it all started six years ago when my yeah when my mum just randomly went to tk maxx and she brought home a journal and at that time i was having obviously boy struggles like a teenage Mm. like a typical teenage girl yeah i know so cliche i hate it and uh yeah i really struggled to voice my feelings and so with this little journal Mm -hmm. one night i just got a pen and i found i couldn't stop writing and so ever Mm -hmm. since i think what i write about is things that i find too difficult to talk about too um, difficult to explain in 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 words in, words. in, in vogue like ver- without verbalizing it yeah and that is unfortunately a lot of the time my relationships so yeah i i, I do think that obviously you're you were saying it's too difficult to to talk about it's not the words i think because poetry is kind of like your own little love language mm, yeah and obviously that helps you putting it down on paper is a way of you mm kind of boxing it off because you can because I, I do mm. the exact same thing I, I was explaining to one of my really close friends recently that I have loads of different creative outlets for different reasons like writing or I have music or I have like photography mm. or like graphic design and all of these different things help me to box things off and some of them help me with closure some of them don't but I think although poetry is words it's also something that only you can understand in, in some senses and it's something that you can get down in your own way. Yeah, for sure. And like sometimes it's been funny because I'll write something without really necessarily mm. thinking too much about it. Like I'll just have the urge. About what it means. Yeah, I'll have the urge and I quickly have to scribble it down without really thinking about, you know, like mm. if I'm sounding like really poetic or really good. And then I'll mm-hmm. read it back and I'll think... I didn't even realise I was feeling that way. and uh... Yeah, and when you start sifting through it and you deciphering what, translating <laughs> what it means and the what it means. I mean, yeah. I, I'd assume every, from my own experience, I'd assume every time you read them back, you, you see something a little bit different and you mm. see another word that you didn't maybe look into too much and you're like, wow, maybe, maybe that's what I was thinking at that point. And, and as you yeah. develop over like months or years or even days, the poems mean something mm. different every time. Yeah, for sure. And what's been really funny is that obviously I have little creative bursts, shall we say, yeah. whenever I've been with different people. And the weirdest right. part for me, like di- when I've had different exes or whatever else, when I've been in different relationships, <laughs> And so a really Not funny a thing. Oh God! <laughs> and so the really funny thing for me, or sometimes very unfunny thing, mm-hmm. is reading back on the different eras of poetry and writing that I was producing when I was in those different types of relationships. And yeah. I think um, a lot of people can relate when uh, I say that. When you're young, love is not only blind, but it's probably deaf and dumb too, in the sense that <laughs> I've I've gone for some interesting characters in the past, shall we say? No, but not everything that we go through. I, I would say the exact same thing. I, I but I don't regret any any of it because every single person and every single experience is is a learning experience. And what what I was saying about poems and and well creative outlets are translatable years later you explained which i didn't know that you started Mm. writing poetry six years ago 
from what I've seen from you putting your poems mm. online, these poems that you've written four, five, six years ago mm. all seem relevant and all seem like something you could have written two days ago. Like, wh- wh- <laughs> why, why do you think that is? I guess because without realising it, our sort of generation mm-hmm. must go through really similar experiences when you grow up. The age-old yeah. tale of the boy who cheated on you, or the girl who cheated on you, oh. or the age-old tale of first mm-hmm. loves. You know, it's like, it's not new concepts, is it? It's just my take on things that I think universally, teenagers, yeah. like like early 20s, you will experience, yeah. like, if you are... And lucky enough to experience that. <laughs> but do you think? Do you think that? But yeah, poems that you write or things that you write now could could help you in five, ten, fifteen years. Help me in the sense to understand myself better, or either in any sense. I was I was more thinking on the lines of: Are they things? Are they lessons that you will have to use five, ten, fifteen years later? Like things that you've things that you've experienced and then you'll come back mm. to. Is that something that you think you'll do is look back over your work? Oh, for sure. Because I can see myself doing that now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I can't believe I'm admitting to this, but the first ever journal, that journal six years ago, mm-hmm. or probably even longer now, uh, I actually binned the first <gasps> one. I know, but listen, what? it was terrible. It was so cringe and awful. My my fifteen year old self writing poetry was just so cringy, and also everything that I've written since then, from four five years ago, I look back at that and I can see myself doing what you've just said. I can I read over it and I think to myself either do you know what that kind of person or that kind of experience really helped me to grow, or that kind of person and that kind of experience is something that I should really try and avoid. It didn't help me better myself mm-hmm. it didn't add anything to my life um i mean in, in a funny way i mean mm-hmm. i sometimes i think to myself god maybe if i'd never been cheated on i would never mm-hmm. have such an inspire big inspiration to want to write right so in a perverse kind of way all of the not so good experiences i've had have actually in like a silver lining kind of way helped me to be the writer that I am now. <laughs> Which is exactly why I say that none of the experiences that I have, good or bad, I, w- I don't regret any of them because they've contributed towards me being stunning, gorgeous. Jokes aside, like, they have. And I feel like in every single relationship, whether it's romantic or whether it's just... Um, platonic. Platonic or my family relationships, mm. like, I find myself going, oh, I... I I've already been through this. I've already learned that. And like, I right now I know mm. that this doesn't work. <laughs> and there's not always two options. Sometimes you do have mm. to get it wrong a couple of times. But I do find myself going back to these people and being like, oh, I remember what it was like with insert boy's name here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that didn't work. So let's do something else. I do find myself doing that. So that must be what poetry is like for you. Yeah. And it is funny because I've got like four journals now. Oh, for for those five mm-hmm. years and uh oh god half of it is 
I would die if anyone read them. <laughs> but do you know what it is about some of my poetry? Is the reason I have these stacks of books but only just started to post now is because I think it is... This was my question. Oh, oh no. Am I going ahead of time? No, 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 no. Um, I'm reading your mind. You are reading my mind. It's perfect because this just shows how in sync that we are and it, it seems to be working so far. Why did you feel as though this was the time during a global pandemic? Why was this the time that you chose to let everybody in and let everybody see what you've been writing down all this time? That is a very good question. Um, a question you were already I... answering, but I will now let you answer the question. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look at me literally thinking this podcast no, is my fine, own. <laughs> um, so basically, I have these stacks of books. They're on my shelf next to me right now. And um, mm-hmm. I had not told a single soul that I wrote poetry or that I enjoyed writing things down. Like I, I did not tell anyone. And um, yeah. one day I just thought to myself, mm-hmm. you have this huge stream of consciousness in these pages that you haven't let anyone see you haven't let anyone close enough to read or to look at and I thought to myself Mm -hmm. I want to start being more vulnerable and open online because I realized that I started following I gravitated towards pages and especially like um creatives who were honest like really really honest and really open online and I liked that kind of content and I thought to myself well you have these books right next to you with these I don't know maybe hundreds of poems now that you've just been hiding away from everyone and it wasn't I realized that it wasn't because I was scared of what was on those I realized it wasn't because I was scared of what was on them I was scared of what others would think and then I thought to myself oh that's so silly because if people don't like it like what's the worst that can happen is what I asked myself what is the worst that can happen by sharing that and then I thought oh people don't like it and then they can unfollow and then it suddenly didn't seem that scary anymore so you said about you felt like you wanted to be more open and more honest and more transparent online is that something that you wanted to emulate in real life is did you want do you want to be more open and vulnerable in your relationships is that something is am i right there yes Yes, 100%. I think so often when you're a young girl, because I'm speaking from like my point of view, sorry. When you're young, full stop, <laughs> I think it's so easy to get lost in what you think you should be rather than who you actually are. And I've realised that in so many... You better say it louder for the people <laughs> in the back. And I realised I was forfeiting my most vulnerable self in the sense that my most open honest self in my relationships because I thought that that's how I should be like to be a good girlfriend mm-hmm. you're forfeiting your authenticity for your for what <laughs> what even was I yeah what you think people want for what exactly for, for what <laughs> it took me so long to think about what I wanted to say mm-hmm. because there isn't anything that that is worth giving up who you are for Exactly. And I was almost not, I think ashamed is a bit of a strong word, but mm-hmm. I was a bit disappointed in myself if, for the way I was in my past relationships because I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I was a good girlfriend and things like that, but I wasn't always like myself. Like if I wanted to say a joke oh. or something, in the sense that if I want to say a joke and I just thought, oh, you, people are going to think you're weird. 
like he's gonna he yeah. won't want to be with you if you're if you crack these weird jokes or if you try and dress the way you want to dress um but the people that gravitate towards those things that you are so insecure about but are who you are and what makes you you people that gravitate mm. towards those things are the people you need to keep around and the people mm. that and, and, and when you realize that it, life just seems to fit together so perfectly when you accept exactly. who you are the people that accept you come in floods from my own experience that's what i seem to get no exactly and that's why i think i've been like actively trying to be vulnerable and i think vulnerable mm. has some weird connotations but vulnerable in the sense that this is me and I'm going to show you exactly who I am. I'm going to be 100% honest. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to reject me. Because that's essentially why we're so scared of everything. Because we're all so scared of being rejected. Or like, you know, there's no unlike button on Instagram. But like, we're all so scared of not being liked. Whether that's on virtual, yeah. like on social media. Or whether that's in real life. That we end up trying to be someone that maybe feels a bit forced and not mm. really who we should be i love the phrase and i'm going to take this into life <laughs> i'm giving you the opportunity to not like me i i mm. in, you have the control you are being vulnerable mm, and yeah. you are opening yourself up to people but you have mm. the control over that you, you have everything in your power to have the control over the situation and say i'm laying myself out on the table i'm allowing you to take it <laughs> I'm also allowing you to leave it and that's absolutely fine and there's no problem with being rejected because the people that would reject you are the people that that aren't right for mm. you that's fine and the people that, that will accept you mm. and will love you for who you are and will like celebrate your best bits and your worst bits are the people that are perfect for you and the people that you need to look for and stick around for. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I wrote something about confidence, because I think one of the big things for me was finding my confidence and coming into my own. And that's when I started posting and things like that, because I finally felt a bit more confident in myself. And I wrote something about mm -hmm. that, saying that, like, you know, confidence doesn't come from having the best phone in the room or things like that, like material things. Yeah. It comes from being comfortable with the decisions that you have made and the kind of person that you are. And yes. uh, if you can look yourself in the mirror and know exactly. that you're being true to yourself and that you're doing the best that you can, then I think that's where confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. I couldn't have put that any better mm. myself. Yeah. So um, moving on to more of a specific theme, you did mention to me mm. before the podcast, we had a little bit of a kiki beforehand, uh, something that you wanted to talk about that was more specific. So <laughs> I will talk about that, but I'll, I'll go... I'll move into it from a little bit of a different angle. Okay. So talking about uni and talking about the kids that are going to uni this year and they're obviously it's a new experience. We spoke before about how you've got more freedom, you've got more um, ability to do what you want to do and, and love who you want to love and and eat what you want to eat and everything like that, everything like that. And I do, I do feel like the people that go to uni this year for the first time pr probably won't experience mm all of that and it's full force the way the way <laughs> we have maybe and the people before us but getting to uni there is a plethora of new people and different people and you kind of figure out who you are and what your interests are like for me it was realizing my mm. full queerness and even even then I feel like I, I was getting to know myself more and more every single day 
and it was increasing like a kind of a snowball effect um and i, I feel like uh, as though lockdown did mm. cut that short a little bit did you experience any of this when you got to uni like what what two years ago now either when you got there or as you went through did you experience any of this self-realization or anything about mm. yourself that you didn't know was there that you were able to delve into yes Yes, yes, 100% yes. Um, Obviously, I know the answer's yes, but I'm trying to set you up. (laughs) No, yeah, thank you so much. You've actually done me so well here. But I think, (laughs) as I mentioned before, I come from quite a small town. And this has has its advantages, but it also has big disadvantages in the sense that, uh, like, Mm -hmm. uniqueness is sometimes quite daunting in a small town when everyone seems, or to the... I, without scratching the surface, everything seems like it's fitting the status quo. And so it wasn't until I got to uni and you realised that, like, mm-hmm. oh, life can be so much more than what you are used to. I'm so sorry, I sound like the biggest cliche, but... No, 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 because it's absolutely a universal feeling and it's something that everybody goes through. So it's important. It's an important mm. point. So I got to uni and you realised that you can do and you can be whatever you want. And uh, because, I don't know how to explain it, it's because it's Mm -hmm. such a bigger environment maybe, like a bigger pool of people, you're going to like automatically... You can not change things about yourself, but things, say you were were in the mindset of, you were sacrificing your authenticity like we were explaining earlier. Mm. In Mm. a bigger pond, usually people move to, to bigger cities when they go to uni. Yeah. Moving to a bigger pond... If you make those changes that you've been wanting to make and that make you more yourself, you will get mm. noticed less mm. in a bigger pond. So those changes aren't as daunting mm. because they're not going to be mm. as noticed, if that makes any sense. I'm not as scary because so many people are so different in so many wonderful ways. And I don't know about you, but I found on the whole, generally, you'll always come across a few bad eggs, but... At uni, everyone is not as judgmental as from my, in my personal experience, than what I've felt Mm -hmm. from a small town. From like a high school, college kind of vibe. From a high school vibe. Yeah, you get to uni and everyone's just like, on the whole again, generally speaking, like really friendly, really not too judgmental or anything like that. So it makes it Mm -hmm. a lot less scary to experiment with yourself and your own identity and your maybe even your own sexuality or yep. the way you dress, the kind of friends you want to have or what yep. music you listen to. So coming to uni mm-hmm. is a huge factor in the kind of creative person that I am now, without a doubt. Okay, so mm-hmm. you mentioned, like, I want specifics. I mean, I can do, yeah. So this realisation and this these things that you can change about yourself or not change you can make changes to become who you really are or these realizations specifically what was it for you that you got into or that's a bad way to say it i know exactly what vagina (laughs) (laughs) oh what there's no other way there's no other way you can introduce this topic um so i came to uni and for the first time I fancied a girl and there's not like and I was really mm. taken aback by it I didn't expect it I mean I, da- I think because I met this girl and I, for me I realized 
it was I hate labels. I know it's necessary and I'm fully behind them, but I personally feel really claustrophobic or I don't know what the right word is. Like I don't like feeling like I have to fit the bill of one certain label. Well, even even as though we talk, we we talk about this and we um we're still we're still figuring it out. We're 21 years old, but we're still going through all of this together and talking about it and figuring out what we're doing. We don't really no. use the term like pansexual or bisexual when we talk about it. And I've got other friends that are also going through a similar thing and we very very rarely use any kind of labels or terms because it just is what it is it just is what it is que sera sera que sera sera perfectly said <laughs> exactly like there's there's no we're still figuring it out so what's what's the point in putting labels on it and i think that's what's great about going to uni is what's great about going into a bigger environment that is more diverse mm. is that you don't have to explain yourself which is something you don't get at home mm. Yeah, without a doubt. And then, I don't know. I guess it it took me aback, but then, like you said, because I was at uni when this happened to me, this happened to me, <laughs> when, when I realised... When the gay train arrived at the platform. <laughs> yeah, I, I could have, if, I, if I'd have met that girl when I was at high school, I probably would have freaked out. I would have thought, everyone's going to think I'm weird. Um, or that not right. weird but everyone's gonna like judge me or think of me differently but it was so funny because when I told my friends at uni they were like okay like they literally could not have cared less and I thought it was like this big thing and like I was like so nervous and I was like it, I'd been thinking about it for weeks and then we were sat in spoons I'd had a few bevs and I came out with it and my friends were just like all right like yeah <laughs> Like, literally, get the next round in. Like, <laughs> who honestly cares? And I loved it. I loved it. They would. They literally couldn't care less. And that's when I realised as well, oh, my God, I finally am where I need to be. And I just... It was the best feeling ever. It was such a good feeling. And I, we got really drunk, and then we literally just haven't even brought it up again because it doesn't need to be like you don't keep telling people i'm straight i'm straight by the way have i told you i'm straight like you don't do that so it's like and i loved that i was like you know what they're so right why why do we why did i even feel like that was such a big deal like i ended up feeling stupid they were probably like why why are you telling us why why does it matter (laughs) like (laughs) going off that apparently according to you i was one of the hardest people for you to come out to with regards to your immediate circle at uni, aside from like your family back home, explain to me and the and and the listeners why why that was. Because if it is what you say, and it is this thing where it's like, all right, okay, whatever, which is exactly well, it would have been my response had I have not known that I was the last one to find out. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I don't think I've ever told you this before. The way that you are unapologetically yourself and the way that you fully embrace everything that you are genuinely and I'm not just everyone's gonna be like god look at Kate sucking up to her best mate but (laughs) yeah I know I'm gonna be sticking out your throat soon (laughs) that's (laughs) so far up your ass (laughs) yeah no but uh the way that you are getting back to it is Mm -hmm. something that I 
always looked up to. And I always used to say to myself, I want to get Mm -hmm. to a stage where I can be like Dan and I can just be this like wonderful ver- open version of myself and so I think the the reason why it took me so long to like come out to you or whatever you want to call it like tell you is because it was like oh my god this is actually happening now yeah. I don't know I don't know how I don't know why that's and it's I don't know like if you tell me it's kind of official yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm the one that goes, check, you can come into the family. <laughs> a new member, like... Yeah, exactly. Here's your gay card, don't lose it. Yeah, but no, you you really did inspire me, and, and I don't mean that in, like, a cringy, oh, I love you so much. I think it's really important that we, as queer people, do have people to look up to, and I, I have the exact mm-hmm. same admirations for people who are further along the journey than I am, or or alongside me, or any anyone, people earlier on in the journey just i think it's important to have people that push us and people around us that always remind us that we have to push to be who we want to and who we're supposed to be and whether that's someone that you know or like like someone on tv Mm, or exactly whoever it is whoever it is that that helps you and reminds you to keep going and keep doing what you're doing or however you want to do it i think i can't remember how i started that sentence so i can't remember how to end it you need to surround <laughs> yourself with people who make you feel comfortable but they'll also yeah. push you to be the best version of yourself oh absolutely and that is exactly what you do with me like exactly a hundred percent and that's why i knew i knew as soon as i tell dan like i can't go back and i didn't want to go back <laughs> But it was... Yeah, I'm going, I'll hold your yeah. hand, but we're jumping into this volcano together, so it'll be fine. <laughs> but just stay with me, we'll be fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't have any more words for that one. I don't. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is our motto, honestly. Anything could be going wrong in life, and I would just look at you and be like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> Um, oh, right, so tying it back in uh, to our creative ventures, how does your poetry help you with all of this and your realisations and your self-acceptance and your... Um, yeah, that. Answer the question. <laughs> Do it. Stop, stop me talking. How has poetry changed... Oh, no, that's my next question. <laughs> does poetry help you with any of that and how? It definitely does because I quite often don't know what I really feel until I scribble something down. Uh And I know that probably sounds really backwards because normally when you create, you have planning, you have like an idea in your head, you have something that you know you want, like your end goal. Whereas with me, a lot of the time when I write, it's not because I have an end goal in sight. I don't have a thoroughly planned out body of work. It's a need. I have an urge to get things down out of my head because it's like I have all of these things going on in my head and it's not until I pick up a pen, I zone out and I scribble stuff down. Half the time it won't make any sense, Uh but half the time it does. And then I look back and I think, oh God, it makes me feel physically relieved. Because I see, I I guess if you've got, imagine you've got a to-do list 
you've got loads of things you need to do and you you can only think about individual things you can't think about everything all at once and it becomes overwhelming mm. that's why we make to-do list is because oh wow because we need to burp. Mm. <laughs> i've done that in every single podcast Sexy. so far <laughs> um we make to-do lists so things aren't so intimidating and we write things down so that we can mm. visually see it that's where it is that's what i need to do and and, and that's so you can get it sorted mm. so maybe what you're explaining a little bit is that you've got all these things in your head they're all a bit of a mishmash a bit of a like spaghetti bowl in your mm. head and you're pulling out individual Strands. strings of spaghetti mm. and just laying them out on the table and looking at them goes right now that makes more sense. That's not so confusing as it was absolutely. before. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing else to add to that. You've just summed that up better than I ever could, and I'm, and I'm supposed to be the writer. Sorry, I asked you a question, then I answered it myself. That's not good. I know. <laughs> That's how in tune we are, though. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no. I shouldn't have done that. No, no, no. <laughs> it made absolute sense. I had a next question. Yeah, I did. Um, so how I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little bit. Um, still going off what we were talking about earlier, but about your poetry. How has your poetry changed since you now feel more in tune with your body and your mind and your, I wanted a word, your identity? Identity. Um, I'm not afraid anymore. And that's as simple as it gets. Uh, I used to be, yeah, no, I used to be afraid of what, I think deep down I always knew I was. But no, so now I don't fear judgment as much, which means that a lot of what I write down is a lot more honest. Are you saying that you were even afraid to write it down? Sometimes when I was young, yeah. Yeah, I was. I used to write in like my own secret codes and like I used to substitute names for my own little names. So even then you weren't writing down anything honest? I was writing down honest things, but taking away like the important details if that makes sense so that if anyone ever could find it which no one obviously ever did it wouldn't yeah because it used to scare me a little bit the thought that like we were talking about artwork is immensely personal and my writing was immensely personal and so if someone ever found that about how honest and vulnerable it was I was so scared Mm -hmm. of that judgment and of that openness. Whereas now I'm not scared at all because Uh I'm not scared of it myself. And so I'm much more inclined to want to share it. Because what I found as well, the more I post things and poetry and writing that makes me a little bit scared that people would judge me, the more I get a good response if that makes sense. Exactly. It's usually the things that you're most scared to open up about and mm. share are the things that are the most rewarding mm, uh, when yeah. you share them. Like for the first time, I remember the first time I posted something about, I'd written something like four years ago about, it was it was from the time that I had been cheated on and I was going through the whole motions and it was this really raw piece of writing that I'd never shown anyone. And I posted it one day and I got so many girls and guys and people in between messaging me being like, I'm so thankful that you shared this. And when I started sharing things, say, about my insecurities, which I think every human on planet Earth has insecurities, let's be honest. like We'd hope so. I mean, it's just, but yeah. And so (laughs) I started realising that it's not like a personal issue. And the more I share things that really scare me 
the more rewarding it is and the more I get interaction mm-hmm. from it. Because I think people aren't silly online when they read something that they can tell whether you're trying to fake it or whether that is really like a yeah. an honest. I mean, we'd mm. hope the people we surround ourselves obviously surround ourselves with obviously will mm. read them that mm. way. Yeah, I hope so. I don't have uh, like thousands and thousands of followers on my poetry page, but the people that I do have, I'm so appreciative for because they really... They receive it the way that you hope. Yeah, and they interact with it and they... I think that's why at the... all creatives, I think a little bit of all of us is wanting to interact with people. We put our art out there because we want a response. We want people to engage. Mm-hmm. We want to get to know people. We want to branch out. And so so when I've been posting and people reply, it just makes it all worth yeah. it. Like, I think we share the same, mm-hmm. the same feeling of when we have a creative outlet and we go to share it. My fear mm-hmm. sometimes is that, well, who's going to benefit from this or what's the point if no one likes it but even just i've recently just shared the first episode of the podcast and the the response from Mm. it is is more than enough to keep going and i think that's the important thing Mm. once you start sharing these things you start Mm. being honest and open and authentic in your artwork and your creativity Mm. the rewards that you reap from it are just priceless and it's just an amazing Mm. feeling like Mm. immediately especially i think because art is so personal no matter whether it's writing whether it's music whether it's literally any outlet Mm. it's really personal which makes it so relatable Mm. which is why it's so important Mm. which is why these things are important to everyone and to Mm. share yeah Mm. because they're so personal the things that you you write about i am really the reason why you're on here is because i'm so proud of you and because it's so sounds cheesy as fuck but (laughs) i look up to you because you're so honest in a different way than i am oh god and i have written things down Mm. similar to what you've written and you i've obviously shared them with you because you're in my close personal circle and i I have thought Mm. about sharing those things because i i do think they're important although i know they're my stories they don't come from a place of vanity or or self-obsession or thinking oh people want to hear my my about me no of course not no Mm. these stories that we all have are really 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 important Mm. because if you take out names and dates and places it could be anyone it could be anyone they're so important they're so Mm. important i mean a hundred percent yeah i couldn't have said it better myself I've really enjoyed this. Even on this podcast, I feel like I've been more honest talking to you than I have been. So go mm. back to what we were talking about earlier. You were saying six years ago, you started writing stuff down. And I want you to imagine that you're back there mm. looking at yourself now, sat here, opening up and talking about not just writing your poetry and sharing it with people, but then sitting here and explaining it what would you say to yourself or what would you think madness i would if if someone told me that six years ago i would have laughed in your face i was this little insecure girl who just had this little book and a little pen Mm -hmm. and who just thought oh in fact the whole point of the young me the start of my poetry journey was that I never thought anyone was going to read it. Yeah. I just did this thing for myself because it was like a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if anyone told me that back then, I would have said, I'll oh, jog on. 
<laughs> I can't believe it. Even now, to be honest, I was nervous before coming on because it is still very new to me yep. to be on. On, not. I don't lie. No. It sounds like when I say it, it's it's new to me to be honest. But, but outside of your little circle and your little bubble, it's it's new to me to be so open. It's the right way to put it, I think. Yeah. But uh, the more open I am, then the more comfortable I feel in myself, which is where I keep doing it, no matter how scary it is. Yeah. You've got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So no, if looking back, I have yeah. been on a bit of a mental journey, really, and uh, it feels only fitting that now that I've got where I am, I'm here sharing it with you. Exactly, exactly. I feel you were talking about a journey. Then I feel as though lockdown seems to have. Imagine you were walking, and maybe you put on a bit of a jog, and then all of a sudden your exploration of your identity mm. and your self awareness has turned into a full sprint. Is is that something you feel? Yes. <laughs> because basically, I don't know about anyone else, but lockdown, you spend a hundred percent of your time basically in your own head you don't have distractions you don't have friends you don't have like pubs or shirt clubs or shirts so you don't have alcohol i know you can drink from home which obviously i have a beer or two on a friday and stuff but you can't get drunk you don't have distractions you don't have uni i know me and you don't and so i've spent so much time on my own in my own head that I really wanted to make it a nice place yeah. to be. It forced me, actually, to really think about myself yeah. and not let myself... If I was feeling bad, you know, at uni or whatever, I would immediately distract myself. Yeah. Instead of trying to address a problem or address, oh, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Distract, distract, deflect, go out, get drunk, or go to the library, do something different, and I would immediately be like, oh problematic feelings i don't want to address them let me quickly run away from it whereas in lockdown when you're in the same four walls you don't have any distractions you physically can't run away from it so it basically forced me to uh get my shit together basically which i'm very thankful for yeah it's it's kind of a a bit of a silver lining and i I did want to say going back to these this these (laughs) realizations (laughs) (laughs) Your new favourite word. Word of the fucking day. I've had enough. I need a new word. I just need to get me the thesaurus out. Give me five minutes. Um, How is it different now? And how is it... Is it harder or is it easier? Because you've got more time to reflect and more time to think and you've got more time with your thoughts. How is it different in and out of lockdown having these realisations? <laughs> you need to stop that. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> are we losing our minds? <laughs> oh, this is what this is what starting a podcast does to you. You just like on repeat realizations. Oh, you didn't answer the question before I pass out. <laughs> okay, hold on. Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> How did I? Is it easier or worse coming to these realizations? <laughs> Is that what it was? Oh my god! In in lockdown, I suppose (laughs) out of lockdown. Um. Okay. uh, (laughs) And I'm back in the room. Do you mean like the creative flow of it, or do you mean my own self-reflection? Because yourself, more so your self-reflection. Yeah. I mean, I've hated it but it has been easier. I've hated it because it's forced me to address difficult issues. 
and difficult feelings and like why do I feel this way let me try and get to the root of it because I don't I don't know if you know this or I don't know if many people around me in my circle know this but just before lockdown started I decided I wanted to go and see someone like to go and get therapy Uh uh-huh I was like, do you know what? It's been five fucking years. What am I doing living with this? Feel like feelings. Yeah. I like there's help. Like what am I doing? So I decided, yeah, I'm gonna sign up, blah blah blah. Literally, after five years of me holding all of my non self realization in mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe that. Uh, the minute I decided to get help, we go into a national pandemic, like worldwide pandemic. Yeah. I was I like, know. oh, it forced me to do it by myself, basically. And how has that been? Have you ma- have you managed to have you managed to do that? I mean, I'd say so. I know we laughed about moving back in with parents and how difficult it is, but there is something comforting about being. I'm I'm lucky to come from a home where I don't have much stress, and it's quite loving, mm. even if it is very hard to give up independence again. I come yeah. from a family where um, they do really, really look after me. You're very close-knit. You're very close-knit. And yeah. that's obviously more comforting to go back into. And so it really helped with trying to do yeah. therapy on my own because I was given a safe space. A to... safe house. Oh, <gasps> I see what you did there. Period. That was clever. This is my safe house. Every, this is exactly that's what I mean. It's, yeah. Yeah. That is a gorgeous place. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Mm. That if, if we're going to end on anything... Daniel Mooney, I've had the best time I on Safe have. House. I've had a lovely time. It's been lovely to talk to you. Oh, you too. Yeah. It has been yeah. a bit of a therapy session for both of us. Crazy. Look at you yeah. being my new therapist. I, oh, I wouldn't even <laughs> dream of it. <laughs> no, I urge everyone who's listening to also do the same. Like, obviously, this is like something that I'm putting out into the world, but you don't have to necessarily make a podcast or make a music video or make a YouTube channel or any, whatever. But just talking to people, if I feel, and I think I'm, I can speak on both behalf of me and Kate, I feel incredible after this i know i feel like i'm gonna sleep like a baby tonight <laughs> i feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders that i didn't even oh, realize was there that's cool. honestly that's what the, that's that's what the aim is that's what the aim is yeah right anyway i'm going to wrap this up now so um it's been lovely talking to you goodbye you beautiful humans <laughs> i hope i can have you on again as well in the whether it's this year or next year or in or next week or whatever i hope i can have you back on because I've really enjoyed it. It would be my pleasure. Lovely. All right. I'll speak to you soon then, honey. I love you. Love you lots. Bye-bye. Bye.